Hi, I'm Sue Hutton, a social worker and a mindfulness teacher at the Azraeli Adult Neurodevelopmental Center at CAMH. And I'm Lee Steele, and I'm the parent advisor at the Israeli Center and the proud parent of two adult children. Welcome to our podcast, Mindfulness for Caregivers. We hope that this podcast encourages you to bring mindfulness into your busy lives as caregivers. Well, I'm very excited that we are finally starting a podcast talking about mindfulness for caregivers. And Lee, I couldn't be more excited to be here doing this with you. Hello. Hi, Sue. Um, I feel the same way, Sue. Uh, you know, I you really are the person that made mindfulness accessible to me as a caregiver. And uh, I just think during this time of uncertainty and the pandemic when we're all feeling so stressed that this is a wonderful opportunity to give some further tools to caregivers. Well, this is going to be an amazing little journey that we're on sharing what we know about mindfulness um, over a few episodes in this podcast. Um, maybe we should start with introducing ourselves. Um, I will share. I'm Sue Hutton. I'm a social worker. And um, as I like to tell people, I did my first um, mindfulness 10-day uh, silent meditation retreat when I was two years old, which isn't really true. But it was, it was <laughs> back in 1985. I was a little bit older than that. But did mindfulness for many, many years in very formal settings in India and in various places, doing the uh, professional training with John Kabat-Zinn. And it wasn't until mindfulness really hit the road in a whole new way for me. Um, until I became a parent. So doing these groups with the Israeli Center um, at CAMH uh, for caregivers of adults with developmental disabilities and autism has been just such an amazing experience for me. So, so happy to share. And Lee, can you tell us a little bit about you? Thanks, Sue. Yes, I'm a caregiver. I'm a parent of two adult children. Uh, my eldest son uh, was diagnosed with um, autism spectrum disorder and uh, intellectual disability uh, as a youngster. And I've had the privilege of supporting families for 17 years now, and most recently at the Israeli Center at CAMH. And I have this privilege of um, working with people like you, Sue, and other wonderful researchers and clinicians who um, are really devoted to adults with neurodevelopmental disabilities and caregivers and siblings and self-advocates. It's just an incredible place to be. I got to admit, I love working there. Um, so why don't we jump right in and, and just say a little bit about, so today in this podcast, Mindfulness for Caregivers, we're going to do an introduction for everybody and talk a little bit about what is mindfulness anyway and what are the benefits to caregivers? And in our podcasts, we're going to try and talk a little bit about the facts of what mindfulness is, talk a little bit about tips from the front lines of caregivers on, you know, how do we really practice this? And then we'll do a guided meditation practice on how we make it accessible for caregivers um, each week. So why don't we jump in? So the first fact. Now, Amy, Amy Baskin, um, another one of our caregiver advisors, said 
we love science and we love knowing about how does mindfulness actually work and what's happening. So we have these things called neuroblasts or neurobites that we like to do, talking a little bit about the research in mindfulness. So the one that we'll introduce with is research done by Nirbai Singh uh, from the United States. Uh, Nirbai is kind of one of the granddaddies of, of mindfulness and autism. This research study actually comes from 2009, back when my son was just a baby. Um, he was only a toddler at the time. And this research um, was looking at mindfulness for staff. So mindfulness for caregivers. Nirbai um, looked at four different group homes with autistic youth where levels of aggression were pretty high and did a research study collecting, collecting data on staff across these four different group homes. And, and while the staff were practicing mindfulness techniques every single week, they learned new techniques and they did them daily, just like we do in our programs. They collected data on what was happening in the group homes. So they were collecting data on verbal redirections, on, um, on staff medications that were given, on staff injuries as a result of aggressive behavior, all this kind of stuff. And the really cool takeaway from that research was that at the end of the 12 weeks, the restraints were not being used at all. So we saw from that as a result of the staff practicing mindfulness, what a difference that made on the environment and on the autistic youth and how their aggression really lowered when staff were practicing mindfulness. Lee, any any thoughts on, on that research? Sue, I just really resonate with that because I, I remember you saying once, you know, how, you know, being anxious, anxiety is contagious, but so is calm contagious. Mindfulness is contagious, the benefits of mindfulness. And I, I found that to be really true in my own life. Like, I used to think if my, you know, something was happening as, to my loved one, I had to kind of just jump in there, even though my own state of um, anxiety was high. And how it just totally made the situation worse. And, um, but when I took the time to just get calm a little bit or, and and get kind of grounded myself how I it didn't increase the leveling of anxiety so I can really see how that would happen you know what that research really bears out in my own life I guess I had one question for you Sue is you know sometimes we don't like have the chance to get grounded and we do kind of act out out of our own em emotion you know fear or anxiety or whatever's being triggered what do I do then um, when I, mm -hmm. when I haven't got that opportunity to be grounded and then I feel bad on top of it all. Oh, so, so, so true. And I mean, just talk to my son. <laughs> I've been practicing mindfulness, you know, for about 35 years and I have my moments of stress and getting really frustrated too. And, but the thing, what we, what we know, first off, what we know uh, from research with long-term meditators is that those moments of uh, the, the refractory period, like what I mean by refractory period, that the length of time that we hold on to that emotion, like say we get really frustrated at our loved one and 
you know, that refractory period is like, how long do we hold on to that? How long do we stay angry and, or, you know, beating ourselves up about the way we reacted? Um, those periods of time with mindfulness meditators get shorter and shorter. So we'll find that we'll have that emotional experience, but then pretty soon afterwards, we restore to normative and we say, oh, yeah, that was an intense reaction. And then we can say to our loved one, I am so sorry. And we can model to them that we're all human, we all have emotions, and we can say, you know what, I know that I had a, a bit of a reaction there, and that was because I'm going through a bit of a hard time myself. I love you, I am so sorry, and let's start fresh and work on this. You know, just restoring it to normative. I really like that, Sue, because I can be very hard on myself, and uh, that idea of that mindfulness can help me let go a little faster, a little quicker, and make that amend uh, and move forward instead of getting stuck there. Yeah. I really like that thought. That yeah. the two benefits I heard you say then, one is that by practicing mindfulness, I will have a more state, you know, a more developed sense of calm within myself, or I'll have a, some tools that I can draw upon, but even when I do blow it and I don't act the way that's according to my values and the way I want to show up as, a, you know, present to my, my loved ones that I can uh, kind of recalibrate, admit, make amends, start again, and not get so stuck in, in saying, ah, oh, why'd you act that way? And, uh, and take it to make the situation even more um, elongated, I guess. I really like that's very helpful to me as a caregiver. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, can you imagine anybody just like floating through life like a total Buddha, like never reacting to anything? Ain't gonna happen, right? We're all we all have emotions, so we're all gonna have those moments. Um, Lee, anything else that we should talk about before we actually jump in and do a practice together? Sure, Sue. I, you know, in thinking about today. Um, you know, I, I just was remembering when before I knew about mindfulness and just how exhausted and overwhelmed I felt. And and I think like many caregivers, I, I thought that being a good parent was, you know, always giving to my children. This idea of looking after my own well-being was such a novel idea for me, you know. Um, but I, w I was really desperate and... and, and to, to just do something differently because I knew the way that I was being sort of yanked around by my emotions and my fears was definitely not working for me. And I found I was either anxious about the future, like what was going to happen to my loved one um, if I didn't do this and I didn't do that or if I wasn't here any longer to, to uh, advocate and those kinds of things. Or I was, you know, kind of where we were just talking about, you know, feeling guilt about the past, you know, why can't I be more patient, more loving? Why did I act that way? Um, and then even sometimes I just found I was in autopilot, which for me means like kind of like when you're driving to a destination and then you arrive and you think, I don't even remember driving here. That's how I was going through life in many ways too, that I was so busy thinking about all kinds of other things that I wasn't even present to the moment. So I think for me as a caregiver, was just this first really big benefit was to learn how to be in the present moment and how to use my breath 
and some of the other things you're going to show us, Sue, to keep us sort of anchored in that moment, um, bringing myself back to the present moment again and again and again. Um, and that I really like what I was reading recently, that one of the greatest gifts I could give anyone, but particularly my loved ones, is to be really present for them. And I can't be present when I'm like sort of being yanked around by my emotions, fearful about the future, feeling bad about the past. So this idea of the benefit of mindfulness, bringing my attention to this moment and just becoming more aware, aware of how I'm feeling, aware of how I maybe need to take care of myself um, and bringing compassion to myself. Um, I found that that allowed me to give more to my loved ones from a really kind of genuine, compassionate place. And, and Sue, I was just thinking, you know, it almost sounds too simple that as caregivers, we're so used to doing that mm -hmm. this idea of like slowing down and really paying attention to our breath or to this moment, you know, how does that alleviate stress um, and help me be a more patient and loving caregiver? And I guess I just, the answer for me, what I've learned so far is I just, I can't give away what I don't have. You know, if I practice this myself, I, I have something then to give away. Um, mm -hmm. So I, it has to begin with me. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh, and um, you know, the idea you're talking about the autopilot piece and why don't we do a practice right now and, and get right into experiencing what it's like getting off of autopilot. Because like you said, the more we're on autopilot and busy focusing on the future, focusing on the past, and not just here, embodying who we are, just being in the present moment. Being on autopilot just allows us to go into that knee-jerk reaction place, right? So let's get off of autopilot and really do um, a practice. So I'm going to suggest that right now we just do a little bit of this mindfulness stuff that Lee and I are talking about. So why don't we just get into a position in which we're comfortable to pay attention. For many of us that means closing our eyes. If you're not comfortable to close your eyes, you can just look down at one object. And, and just a reminder, everyone is different. We are all wired differently. Our autism advisors teach us that every single person is going to respond to mindfulness techniques in a different way. So when you do this practice, just know that you're going to benefit from a particular sense anchor. What I mean by that is mindfulness is all about coming to the present moment and showing up, embodying our full attention rather than being jerked around by thoughts of the past or future. So mindfulness is showing up and using our awareness that we have available to us and fully cultivating that attention. So coming into that position, once again, you might want to straighten your posture a tiny bit. So if you close your eyes, that's fine. I'm just going to show a few different ways that we can arrive in the present moment and come off of autopilot. First one that I'll offer is deepening our breath 
to the extent that we can listen to it. Now, this is new for some people. It's not often taught in mindfulness to use the sound of our breathing, but so many people claim that it's really helpful. So right now, just try breathing so deeply that you can hear your own breath and listen to the sound of your own breathing for three full breaths. So just try that right now. One of the nice things about breathing so deeply that you can hear it is while you're concentrating on listening to sound of your breathing, you're actually not having room to entertain those thoughts of the past or future. Your attention's resting on the sound. The other wonderful thing about breathing deeply is your belly is expanding out when you're breathing in. And that is giving that vagus nerve stimulation. The vagus nerve, which travels from the belly up to the brainstem, sends signals telling the body to relax and release positive endorphins. So just by paying attention and allowing the belly to expand out, you can help yourself relax. One more thing that we can try, and let's just do this together one more time, Feel free to place a hand on your chest and a hand on your belly if you like. Research from Kristen Neff shows that when we place a hand there that we can bring a soothing, gentle, calming touch which also releases positive endorphins. Can you feel the direct sensation of your hand resting on your belly, your hand resting on your chest? You may feel that or you may not. Some of us are more wired to feel sensations directly. But see if you can breathe deeply and notice the expansion of your breath as you breathe in. And then relaxing back down when you breathe out. Can you find a phrase you can say to yourself where you can help yourself calm down, help yourself just know you're not alone. You are nurturing yourself. You're tending yourself and you're befriending your own being. So you can say something like, I'm here for you to yourself. You can say something like, I'm sorry this is so difficult. You can even say, this too shall pass. So just see if there's a little phrase that you could offer to yourself in rhythm with your breathing. So try that right now, just for the next few breaths, offering yourself a gentle phrase, helping you focus on nurturing, caring for yourself in rhythm with your breathing. Breathing in. And when you breathe out, remember just to relax and let any tension go. Mindfulness is about coming to the present moment exactly as it is. But we can also soften and release any tension. So breathing in with the phrase for yourself. Breathing out, just give yourself permission to relax. So try that just for a few breaths with a gentle 
loving phrase, giving yourself permission to relax. Okay, so there's a practice that we can do. Um, Lee, any closing thoughts on, um, on this practice as we wrap up for today? I just love the simplicity of it um, and the portability, I guess, of it, Sue, of what you just gave. You know, can, I can find little moments throughout my day just to check in and take those deep sort of cleansing breaths, getting grounded, that little... I really like that hand on the heart and on the belly just to make kind of deepen being in this present moment a bit more. Um, I just when this is one little thought came in my mind as I was, you know, that idea that we're human beings, not human doings. And I think as a caregiver, I often thought I should always be doing something. So this idea of just kind of coming home to myself, my own breath, my own needs, um, it's novel, but I can for me to do, but I really can see that it'll be so beneficial the more I practice it. Amazing. Okay, well, we've got links and resources that people can check out and even try doing these practices, you know, every day or whenever. So um, we'll make sure that those links are available. And um, hopefully, those of you out there in caregiver land can benefit a little bit and um, join us for more podcasts and maybe join us for one of our six-week groups trying out our curriculum with us um, as a group of caregivers coming together doing mindfulness. Have an amazing week, an amazing day, everyone. Bye, everybody. We'd like to thank Dr. Yona Lunsky, the director of the Israeli Center, Katie Cardiff, our amazing producer, who um, just has done all the behind the scenes work for making this podcast what it is. We'd like to thank Kevin Laliberte for his beautiful music um, and the caregivers, the siblings, parents and family members who generously shared their experience, strength and hope that shaped uh, these exercises. And, but most important, the adults with neurodevelopmental disabilities who have taught us the importance of looking after ourselves and others and have helped make mindfulness so accessible. Thank you to everyone.